What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast with your hosts, Justin Sinan and Logan Sanburn. Unfortunately, Logan is not in the studio today with us. This podcast was done super short notice, uh, a late night. Me and Rendell were hanging out, and uh, he came in to do some scouting for early season here in Kentucky. And we just uh, couldn't get Logan on the phone. Uh, it was kind of a late evening when we did this. So, unfortunately, he won't be here on this one. But I hope you all really enjoy this one. We uh, start off a little bit rocky, a little bit different than normal because we were just having a conversation. Um, but hopefully you guys get a couple good laughs in. We, uh, we, we really enjoyed this one. I think there's a lot to take away from it. So, without further ado, let's get this thing kicked off. I was kind of a WCW guy. Oh, really? Yeah, I wasn't into the WWF. The WWE? Yeah, whatever. Before they changed it? Yeah, I like yeah. WCW guys. Sting. Yeah. All those guys. Yeah. They were cooler. I and feel like... The, uh, the Wolfpack came over. The Wolfpack? Yeah, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hogan. Oh. And they had their own little thing. It had the Wolf Howl, like Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Really? Yeah. And... He, you know you love the Whitetail Addictions episode. The, the I love the music, man. Yeah. It fuck, pumps me up. Abram Abram actually made that. He lives yeah, down a, in Nashville. He's a songwriter, yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. Dude, that song. You know he's pumps on me up, man. He's on. Uh, we did the bow hunting league together. Sweet. Yeah. So it's me, him, and a guy Chase that's good friends with him, and like we've all three become. Well, I've become good friends with Chase after. Yeah. What was your name? Being the Tree Amigos. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I was uh, like, how did he come up with that? <laughs> I, dude, just we were driving down the road and nice. They were like, "All right, all right, man." Like, it was funny because Chase was trying to organize it, and I was like, "All right, the three of me. Why don't we do the three of me?" He's like, That's "I love sweet. it. We'll fucking do it." I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Yeah, I, I think like it's that. Yeah. Every time I hear the Lone Wolf song, dude, I just want to run through a wall, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you back to your childhood. Yeah, like, all right, brother, brother. We're getting into it. Dude, I'll randomly howl in my house when I'm walking around. When I'm dreaming <laughs> about killing big bucks. <laughs> oh, I'll man. do it too, loud as heck. Yeah. Just drop down. Dude. I don't like a wolf, bitch. <laughs> That's what I usually say. <laughs> my daughter loves that song, dude. Yeah, I dude. swear. She hears, like, even on Instagram, I'll be scrolling through and she'll hear the, I'm what you called a lone wolf. She's like... This is my this is my song. This is my song. I'm like, all right. That's awesome. I'll listen to it over and over. You're gonna get psyched up before I go hunt sometimes. Yeah, every once in a while I'll sing it and be like, "This is my jam." Dude, I blast music before I go hunt. Oh, me too. All right, what is your go-to song that you're jamming to? Oh man, I'm a Barbie girl. No, definitely not that. <laughs> man, I got so many. Yeah, it's not you, like is some... it metal. Yeah, yeah, it's more like rock. It's not some. It's like Linkin Park, man. Linkin Park, Meteoria. Nah, I don't know about yeah. that. Soft, maybe like Crawling or something like. It's that. It's kind of soft too. Yeah, it's this not, not really my jam. What's the, there's a one I've been listening to at the gym lately. What's it called? I don't know. He's just screaming at the top. I of love Livewire from Motley Crue. Oh, that's good. That's solid. That's a solid jam when you're heading to the woods. One of my faves. Well, yeah. let's get into this, man. So, what do you, uh, what do you, what did you like about Kentucky today? Me and Rendell did a scouting trip today, and uh, I, I wanted to get his opinion because I have like a, a small 
chunk that I that I liked, and uh, I just wanted to see you know what you thought of it. And we both ended up in like a similar area to like where I like, but I learned a lot because, like you said, you speed scout and you're like, yeah. find what you want, get your ass there, look around, and get out. Yeah, and, exactly. And I, I'm like the roamer, dude. Like I'm going everywhere and then I end up at that spot and then I end up wasting like a couple hours that I probably didn't even need to you know use yeah and I could have scouted two other properties yeah. while you're roaming around aimlessly through the woods yeah. like you're lost it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah and I feel like if there's a mature buck there he's gonna come through the best spot there is yeah at some point in time and you're gonna get your one photo right that's all you need. You just need to confirm that he's there with the photo. Right, one time. And then hunt him down from there with woodsmanship. Right. You're not hunting with cameras. You're no. hunting with skills. No, I think sometimes I fall in the category of being a photographer and not a hunter. Like, just being too concerned with trying to find a picture of a deer versus... Just like you, we had mentioned, too. Like, all right, well, there's some other places we wanted to look at. We were like, well, hell with that. Why don't you just go throw a sit in there? Yeah, like if the sure. condition's good. Yeah, I think it's smart. It's pretty I mean, solid way to approach things. You already got your son in there, and you hang the camera, and you yeah. confirmed it. Well, then he's on you because no, he smelled I mean, you. I agree. So I you mean, should have just hung up. Back in the, that's what I used to do back in the day, and it worked out great. Yeah. I wasn't worried about getting pictures of deer, <laughs> and I was consistently getting on big deer. So it was like, oh, okay, that's. So why are you worried about the pictures now? I have, I have no idea. I feel like an idiot. Like I'm just. I'd rather have the picture of him dead with I me think, holding him. I think we all like concern ourselves with trying to show some one of our friends a picture of a giant buck versus. Yeah, but I'd hey, rather look, have the grip and grin yeah, picture than no that doubt camera. No doubt, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely one of those things. And like we went through the topos, you know, and I've, I think that was like kind of a cool, like, eye-opening thing, like what you really honed in on quick yeah. with, like, finding, like, what you were calling the hubs. But to me, like, in my lack of knowledge on, like, finding these hubs on the map, it was like, it really clicked for me, like, when you were showing me some of this stuff. Because, like, I'm not an expert uh, you know, with that style of hunting, like I went and scouted that piece of woods that we looked at and I didn't even go to that area because I just kind of like rode it off because it was so freaking steep. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, oh, that's, that's where, yeah, that's like where the I would steeper be. terrain. Yeah. That's and it's William. easy and it just sticks out on a map too. It's like shit. Okay. I feel like the mature bucks gravitate towards that steeper terrain because yeah. of thermal flow, wind flow, swirl. Yeah. It's a lot harder to hunt. Those yeah. steeper terrain hubs. I feel like we should just stay away from hunting hubs this year. Figure yeah, out. I don't think I'm going to go in a single hub. I'm just going to stay away because everybody and their dead grandma I, I agree. are going to be out there walking around like zombies. Yeah, it's going to be pretty But they're going to get lit up, man. Yeah. Because those hubs are super hard to hunt. Yeah. <laughs> You're just not going to walk in there no. and own the hub. You're going to get lit up by a big buck because there's got... It's wind swirl, thermals, you got to have the right wind direction, yeah. know about different weather conditions that you can use to get into the hub. You're going to have bucks that don't even come into the hub until after the thermal switch in the morning. Right. And you're going to be in the bottom of the hub, they're going to light you up on the thermal switch. Right. And they we, might even see you coming if you get in there because they're bedded up above you most of the time. 
try I to mean, try to figure out the exit strategy of a deer uh, <laughs> out of these hubs and where they're going to be going and maybe cut them off. Yeah, like, it's not as easy as what people make it out to be. Yeah, it's hubs are already tough. complicated. Now you've got to complicate having other hunters go in there and how to kill a deer exiting a hub. Yeah, and you and you roll in there like there's going to be twenty dudes in there twenty days in a row. You're damn right. You, uh, we we both you got know. in there. It's it's all the hype now. So maybe figure out where the deer's gonna go after everyone blows it out of the hub. <laughs> I think it's a solid tactic. I mean, I think it's spot on for the majority, especially on pressured public. I feel like everyone's gonna be in those hubs. That's yeah, I mostly just use hubs for inventory. Yeah, and then try to hunt them down from there. Yeah. What's your like favorite? I mean, you know, when we were out, we did some glassing. I mean, what do you think? is the most important like tactic for being successful like early it's it's a little bit tougher around here to glass some of these areas so i mean because we we talked about that a few times it's like what do you do i mean because half of these places you can't even see or they're in corn so i mean it's it's not an easy feat to just slip in here and kill a, a big velvet buck yeah and especially if you don't have any postseason scouting to rely on yeah, you pretty much gotta ch- check crops, and then look for secondary food sources. Right, because there'll be some places where they don't need beans. Yeah, even in September they'll get on acorns. You got all the browse, different berry stuff. Yeah, so they might have not shift, and sometimes they'll even hang out near corn and shift into that. Yeah, some of the clear cut stuff will have it's got all the browse they need. Yeah, so it's just, I mean, you just gotta go after it, man. No, just I mean punch them in the mouth and just get right in there and just go for it. Don't let corn just because the fields and corn deter you. I mean, I've got cameras running right now that are on edges of cornfields and there's plenty of bucks on there. You know, it yeah. it is what it is. I think it's just you gotta you gotta dig a little deeper on the cornfields and you know really get in the cameras. And yeah, I let think them work speed for scouting. You. Yeah, like a couple of days before season opens early, just go. Yeah. Because, I don't know, you running around a field edge, I don't think bothers them as much no. as you getting into the woods. Yeah. So you can run field edges, look for maybe some historical scrapes that are open that they're kind of hitting, look for tracks, Yeah. Uh, some heavy trails. You can do a lot of glassing, you can get up high, and then you can kind of see over the corn if you get high enough. You yeah. Know? You're 25 foot up a tree. With a spot and scope on a camera arm. I feel like observation sits are a must. Yeah. Like, especially for those unknown spots. Because the beans, you can just drive right down the road, most of them, and yeah. look at them. Or, you got to get higher, too, because a lot of the rolling terrain, if you're not in flat country, right. there could be a little divot, and there'll be 20 deer back there, and you can never see them from the road. Yeah, absolutely. So, you got to get up. I mean, we were talking to my buddy uh, that's a farmer, and he said the same thing. He was like... Dude, it's amazing, you know, cutting crops, and it's like the second you get over that crest that nobody can see, it's like completely, yeah, it's all the whole bean fields demolished back in there. But and then you just gotta have, you gotta know your terrains when yeah. you're e-scouting and looking at topos. Yeah, like what's gonna influence the deer to move through what areas, and just dive in there. Right, you can't be like uh, some of the roadshow. Cody had that little clip about hunting scared yeah like you just gotta you like get that. in there man and don't be scared and yeah. mess it up right absolutely i mean how did how have you become the hunter you are by making mistakes oh yeah all the time right. man exactly. i just go blow it up yeah 
Whatever. And man. then I learned. Do or die. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was interesting today um, when I focused on like finding buck tracks and stuff, and you were like, I don't give a shit about that. I'm like, you're like, yeah, it's like, it's okay. So you found a buck track, but like, you're like, you told me you're, you said in your words, you're focused on that, and I'm focused on the bigger picture. Like, can you break that down for me? Yeah, so. I was just like, Micro-focus on, like, the trails, and you were thinking bedding, field, uh, you know, ag field, transition. Yeah, the why. That's what you I'm always thinking why. Like, okay, why is that buck track there? Right. Just hitting a random track in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, doesn't do you any good. You're not going to set up and hunt over that one buck track. No, no, I agree. I'm looking at what is he doing? Like, where's he bedding? And I kind of look at to see how the wind would set up in that spot or what's he switching? Is he making a wind switch? Is he going to a food source? Right. Did somebody just blow him out? Is he going up to grandma's feeder somewhere? Right. Or, you know, somebody's yard? What's like, he doing? Like, And that one spot that we found, like you had pointed out immediately, you're like, look, this is like the coolest area that we've been in. Yeah, temperature wise. And it was. And it wasn't even like the lowest point, I don't think, was it? I mean, we got in some of the creek no, systems. No, it was actually higher up. Yeah, but it was like a really cool area. And I mean, you like was that a thermal hub? I mean... All the thermals dipped down out of those clear cuts right there. And they right. pull up on that little stream. Yeah. But so. we shifted 50 yards either way and it got way hotter. It did. So I just felt like that wind was cutting through those clear cuts like clean air and then it was dipping right down in the thermals yeah and to me i overwrote that spot because i thought it was too open yeah and you were like no and you were dead set on that area and i don't know it was super eye-opening for me because i was like okay because i always tend to think like bigger more mature deer want to be in the more secluded areas but i think like from what you were saying it, it all really did make sense like they can be in this open area and transition through this. Like you found the transition and the key spot. Like, why do you need, you don't need to set up anywhere else. Yeah. If you can hunt right here, you can see either of those directions and adjust from there. But I think like, like you said, that was, that was in the chips right I there. Had like four bedding areas within a couple hundred yards of there. Yeah. All the thermals. And it wasn't even like ridges. It was just the clear cuts. All the, thermals dumped down in the pool right there yeah which made it a lot cooler and then i had the best access i could come right up that that creek that little creek and Mm -hmm. pop right up in the kill tree that i picked out exactly yeah i liked it and it was like a little pinch too because that one clear cut was a lot higher than that other one and it kind of necked down right there and pushed them into that little yeah that little cut through and then you're right there like you said, I mean, even early season or during the rut, that yeah. place would be money. Yeah, yeah. they're just going to be there. and you got, it's just the spot in the spot. Yeah, you got all the diversity and the clear cut. You got big ag they can get to. Yeah. They got water that's clean, flowing through. Yeah. Really thick other areas. They got winter cover in there not too far away. Mm-hmm. Like it just set up like a big bucket stage there. I No, I agree. It was just kind of cool for, for me, like... I wanted to try and get you out there and learn some stuff, you know, while you were here. And it's like you were you were focused on the main trail. Yeah, because... 
Because my previous knowledge of scouting that area, yeah. like I found that main scrape in that just off of that trail, and I was thinking like this is the spot, but I went and hunted it, and I blew. I'm pretty sure like I just I blew it. Yeah. Instead of going in that way that you were coming into it, which is like way more secluded. So I think that's that's really the way you got to look at it, man. What's your access? What's what are you trying to do? And it's like, you know, how can you manipulate that deer so you can kill him where you want to kill him yeah and i'm only leaving 10 foot of scent right when i go up no, that exactly bank. that's it you're there you're walking out of the creek and you're like that's yeah, it. and i'm up the tree right so i can hunt it repeatable mm-hmm. and he'll never know i'm there unless he walks in that one little spot right or i hunt it on the wrong one like an idiot yeah and then i got my thermals pulling into the creek so i don't have to worry about my thermals they're gonna pull right up in there yeah and they're going to run with the water, which is pulling away from that spot. Yeah. So is is that like, I know everything's different, like situational wise, but yeah. is that like something that you'll really try to focus on everywhere you go? I mean, I know you've got a lot of plans this year for hunting different states. When you go, is that basically your primary means of scouting? You're like, all right, I'm going to pick out five spots a day and I'm going to go directly to this place here and this place there and then... Yeah, if it, and then I'm gone. And right, and if it's not what you want, then you're out. And if yeah. it is, then... and if it is, I might hang a camera one, yeah, two, yeah. and then I'm out, and I'm gonna go to another spot, and I'm just gonna cover as much ground as I possibly can. Yeah, I'm not gonna spend like two days in one, one public land and like tear it apart, like walk every single inch of it. Yeah. I just don't think it's maximizing my time. No, I agree. I like it. Because I feel cool. like the mature deer is going to be where I think it's going to be. Yeah. I'm gambling on my gut feeling, my experience level. Mm-hmm. And just, like, it's worked for me before, so why would I change what I'm doing? Like, no, I agree. And, like, I, I mean, learn things and add things for, in. Yeah. But access, I mean, there could be a banger spot, too, but you can't get there without blowing everything up. I might not even hunt that. Right. I might bail on that. Yeah. Because it's just too hard to get into. Yeah. What were you, um, when we were out glassing tonight, we saw like three or four does come in, like run across this field and go over to the beans and you called it long line. And, yeah. And I haven't heard of that, but I like, after you kind of explained it, why don't you break that kind of down for us? Cause I feel like that's a pretty accurate thing for early season, like hunting that a lot of these deer may bed somewhere that's like what? A half mile nope, that's or more, sometimes mile more two miles yeah. away and then travel to a destination food source yeah like a mature buck will get into like the absolute best bedding spot that he can mm-hmm. and if where the food location is has crappy bedding he's not gonna risk getting killed in crappy bedding right he'll stay back in the prime bedding area where he's lived his whole life and made it and then he's gonna stage up until dark and then he's going to move that mile, two miles, which is nothing for yeah. a buck. I mean, that's, they can get there quick. Right. So it's like... How did you kind of figure that out? Like I see it in Iowa all the time. Yeah, you just notice like... Yeah, running cameras, glassing in Iowa. Right. Hunt, you know, I've caught a couple of bucks doing that. Yeah. Just getting... Will they just straight up get it across the field or will they just steadily walk? Well, you should, it's usually dark, so they're just yeah. whatever they're doing. Yeah, I got you. And sometimes in the morning, I'll catch them in gray light on video. My camera's just hauling ass. Yeah. They'll be running, man. I've even glassed them in the morning. 
like they know, like, oh, gray light. Yeah. And they're Man, out. I done messed up, Leroy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Mama, we need to, we need Mama to get pray that. for me because I'm all an ass back home. Like, you'll just see him <laughs> getting it, man. Yeah. Like, they, it's just weird. They're just a guy experience. Yeah. They're like, I need to hide. Right yeah. Now. Like, I need to make it back to my bedding now. Uh-huh. And those are the days where, man, I didn't capitalize on that. I should have been in his bedding waiting for him to come back. Right. Or on the edge of that somewhere and catch him coming in. Yeah. Because usually they're bedded before daylight. Like, way before daylight. Right. Like, when I'm in a bedding area hunting, I'll hear, you'll hear them come in. Is there any, like, rhyme or reason, or is it just random? I think it's because it's safe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they know if they make it back in there, they're good. No, I, I, what I was asking is, like, have you noticed any kind of rhyme or reason to, like, when those deer kind of... Is it, like, a real good, like, cold front in the morning or something like that? Maybe they'll hang out a little longer? Yeah, cold fronts. Um... And when it gets more towards the rut, like that last week October, yeah, and into the rut, they kind of out. I think they their home range kind of expands a little bit. Okay, and then they're out a little too far. Yeah, messing around with scrapes and does and stuff, and it just takes them a little while. Like you said, and then they're like messing around with something, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, <laughs> and they just abandon <laughs> yeah. everything. Yep, and bolt. Yeah, and just bolt back. Yeah. Like, oh, this doe's not ready. I'm gone. Yeah, and then they run back. Yeah. What's your favorite time of the year to hunt? What would you say? Man, I really love October. Like, maybe the... There's like a date period. Like, I don't know. It's like the 10th through the 15th. Yeah. It's like a massive mature buck movement thing I catch in the Midwest. Really? It's like... It'll just be out of nowhere. All these mature bucks just start daylighting. In the morning? Yeah, or afternoon, wherever. Afternoon? Okay. I think they're. Well, we I always hear like Cody and Andre and all and Justin like they all talk about hunting the mornings in October, and I'm just like you know, I'm like, what is it like something magic that happens on those? Is it just the cold fronts in October? That's all. I'm not a morning hunter, dude. Yeah, I usually don't start hunting mornings until like the last week of October. Okay, that's how I am usually because I feel but, like I'm going to do more damage. Yeah, and you know, and I brought that up to Cody last time, and he was like. Well, what are you doing? You're not learning anything. Like, what are you doing? You're not elevating your hunting style. And I'm like, but if I'm hunting like a private piece of property, like, what am I? Am I like messing it up? I don't know. I, I yeah, mean, I mean, if you plan on hunting, if you got free permission and you're hunting that all season, I mean, you have, I don't, right. I don't it's know like, if you want to It's a marathon, not a race, right? Yeah. If you're hunting public, who cares? Just go trash it. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, well, so there's a and, little difference. And I agree with you on public, but... But I'm with Cody. If you have a giant buck on trail camera... Yeah. And he's in daylight, right. why the hell ain't you out there trying to kill him in no. daylight in no. the morning? Yeah. Like, so it's all situational. It's like, yeah. what you're seeing is what you should be doing. So you would hunt a giant if he was showing up in the morning? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Right. I mean, what sense would that make? No. You're just going to watch him on your... It sounds stupid asking. On me. your cell cam on my phone and show like, my buddy. Nope, it's not... It's hey, not. man, I could have killed this buck, but I just yeah. decided not to hunt mornings. Right, yeah, no, I'm an afternoon hunter, okay? Don't you know that? Yeah, <laughs> and it's all about gut feeling, man. Like, sometimes yeah. you just get that feeling, and you need you need to listen to that feeling, because a no, lot no. of times dudes don't, and then it bites you in the ass. It bit me in the ass here, the first year I lived here, uh, like opening week of uh season we had a stud in velvet it was my first year living here and i'm thinking i'm gonna be getting into booners right yeah so i'm like do i want to 
end my first whitetail season in Kentucky and like shoot a, a good buck in velvet, or do I want to hunt all season? So, I I could have killed him if I would have like listened to my gut because I could have hunted in the morning, yeah, and cut him off going back to bed, but but I didn't, and. And, and then I ended up blowing the deer out of the woods and <laughs> never seen him again. So it's like, you know, you're damned if you're doing. You should always you take the opportunities you're blessed I, with when I've you're blessed looked, with them. I, that's solid tip. Tip of the week right there. Take yeah. the opportunities you're blessed with. Don't be messing around, man. Just light them up. Yeah. And worry about it later. No balls, no bucks. Yeah. I you could have a two hundo show up yep. in November or you could not. Yeah. It's just all a gamble, man. It is. It is, man. But the good thing is out-of-state hunting now, man. Yeah. Like, just roll out. Like, oh, I already got my Kentucky buck down. I'm going to drive. I mean, that's kind of how I feel this year. Three hours to Alabama. I'm going to drive up to Indiana and hunt. I'm going to do whatever. Like, now I think it just gives you freedom. Right. Especially going mobile with the lightweight gear. Yeah. And we got everything on our back. It's like we don't have to be there to pre-hang any of this crap that weighs a 1,000 pounds anymore. Like you said, it just makes you that much better of a hunter. Yeah, you just show up and go, man. Yeah. I mean, that's like, for you this year, I mean, how many places are you planning on hunting? Holy crap, man. I'm hunting a ton. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot. (laughs) Iowa, Kentucky, Missouri, someplace, hell if I know where it is yet. Okay. Alabama. And then I'm filling that in somewhere else. Like, yeah. once I'm kill something, I'm gone somewhere else. Are you trying Indiana? Yeah, I think it's on my list for if I tag out early in Iowa. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think Indiana is a great state. I, I still haven't hunted it, and I'm. It's only like 45 minutes away. So oh, I'm there's like, giants there, bro. I know. It's I know. it's underrated. Ohio and Illinois is overshadowed. Yeah, I think Indiana. Might but be, it's big hill country, man. Yeah, this is similar to like here or what? Uh, no, nah, I think it's more like I feel it's like not it's as more like, flat. It's like kind of a mixture. Yeah, where I'm where I'm looking part. at going is big hills. Is it big hardwoods? Yeah, a little different than here. This has got way more diversity than I thought. Yeah, it reminds me kind of like southern Iowa a little bit. Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to like kind of give you like a broad spectrum of like kind of the different counties around here because it's like, when I drove in here, I automatically thought like, oh, this reminds me kind of like southern Iowa. Yeah, like I can. I can pick and choose my menu, you know. Right. <laughs> like I got options. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna hunt hills. If I get tired of hunting hills, yeah, I can go, egg, I can go egg, mixed egg. Yeah. I can go crazy bedrock mm-hmm. crap. <laughs> Straight up, that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, so. it definitely helps, like having a diversity of land to hunt. I yeah. Mean, it just makes you more like well-rounded. It. Yeah, it's yeah. like I was telling you that junk fisherman thing. Yeah, I like that. Why don't you <laughs> Why don't you share that with us? Yeah, so you got guys that like fish these tournaments, and one guy will just be like an expert at throwing crankbaits. All the dude does, lives and dies by crankbaits. Right. And he'll win in like every blue moon, but he's not super consistent. Yeah. Or the guy that just junk fisherman, man, he just gets it done no matter what. Right. He's just throwing everything out there, dude. Just trying it. Who cares? You know, that's... It's more of that no ball, no balls, no bucks mentality. Right. So I'm, I'd rather be him, like master of nothing. Yeah. But I'm average to good at everything. Yeah. I think that'll carry you so much further in life, and you'll oh, be more consistent. Absolutely, man. And then I'm not gonna pigeonhole myself in the hills. Like, oh man, that's all I know how to hunt hills. So everywhere I go, I'm hunting hills. I mean, we drive 30 minutes down the road, man, and I'm jumping in a bean field egg, or we can go yeah. hunt. Some straight flat hardwoods or, 
you know, getting some swamp crap, like... Right. No, you need... I think it's great, because when you're traveling all these different states, you need to learn how to do all this stuff, so... Yeah. Like, I make it a point in Iowa to go hunt and scout all these terrains. Mm-hmm. And that'll help you if you can't scout where you're going, like... Yeah. Well, I know in Iowa, all the bucks usually bed around this and this type of terrain, and they're bedded here, and they do this out the food, or they stage in these areas... And then I'm looking for that, like, we, like, some of those spots we found today, it was just super heavily browsed, like, I noticed it right when I came up out of yeah. the creek. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, man, this is browsed like crazy. Yeah. And then, f- look, and all right, what's this type of plant? And then, when you're scouting other areas, then you can make note, like, all right, these, they're hitting these plants. Right. And there's a lot in this area. Yeah. And then it's like, not everything's going to hunt like Iowa, but you got to pull from the experiences that you do have. And I've hunted other states too. So it's just maturing, you know, as a hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just recognize the little things yeah. and then they add up. <clears throat> I look for the details. Mm-hmm. The devil's in the details. Like, they make you or break you, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's like one of the, I think one of the most important things, man. Like, the more ground you actually start scouting the more efficient of a scouter you become. Yeah, like and I'll hunt here with nothing this this year. Yeah, your confidence coming level back. is not there. Yeah. And then I'm coming back like February, March, dude. I'm just going to absolutely go nuts, man, and just rip this place apart. Yeah, because the sign I'll, will actually be able to... Yeah, I'll be a madman, dude. I'll yeah. be doing like 20 miles a day. Yeah. Just tearing it up, dude. Yeah, and, then, and not sweating your nuts off. Yeah, dude, it's horrible. It is like, pretty bad. I remember, like, okay, summer scouting just totally sucks. Yes. And why does anybody want to be doing this? I don't want to do it. <laughs> I think yeah, I'd much no. rather sit behind the lens and look in a field and be like, all right, tomorrow I'm going to sweat my ass off to go get in that tree. And I'm totally good with that. Yeah. But, I mean, today was, uh, yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah, I just don't know what you're really gaining. No, I agree. And that's how I felt a lot of times. And I'm like, am I being a little bitch about this? No, no, this sucks. Like, no. I don't care who you are. This sucks. And then not knowing certain details when you're not. Yeah. When you didn't hunt here last year. Like, you could be on the in the was, chips, but. There's rubs here. Yeah. But was that corn on corn? Yeah. Or was that beans to corn? Right. Or was it an alfalfa field and then they plowed it over yeah. and planted corn there for the first time? There, you yeah, know there, what I mean? How was the acorn drop? Was it a heavy drop, light drop? Yeah. How much pressure was this getting? Like, so seeing that random rub out there from last year, yeah. when I've never, I don't have any other intel, doesn't really tell me much. Right. But it it, it does give you a sign like, okay, historically, yeah. a buck comes through here, but during the rut, not early season, when right. they're in velvet. I mean, and a lot of times we have like drought year. It's a lot of times a drought. So I feel like, it kind of helps us like in early seasons, like, all right, I'm going to focus on water. Yeah, for sure. But not this year. It's rained its ass off like yeah, two days every, and two every days week. Yeah, that's nothing, dude. I mean, we've yeah. had some serious Yeah, we rain. went through a lot of water today. Yeah. There was, I don't know, in the past month, I guarantee we've had over 12 to 15 inches. Yeah, and it makes the, all the crops better. It makes all the yeah. browns better. So it just spreads the deer even more thinner. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's where you got to relate to key features that you have confidence in. Right. Stuff that's really you can focus in on and like know that they're going to be using it. And a lot of the stuff I'm just going to dive into in season yeah. and just scout my way in and just look at it. I'm going to see it on the map first and be like, I think 
there's going to be a buck in here and right. I'm just going to go in and scout my way. And if it looks good then I'll throw a sit at it. Yeah. Cause there's not going to be much sun. So, right. Yeah. That's solid, man. And if it doesn't happen, then I might, I might bail on hunting that whole terrain feature anywhere else. I might be like, all right, well they're not, mm-hmm. they're not on this type of ridge or they're on this bench or something like that. And I'll just be like, all right, I'm out. And then I'll go hunt something else. That's where the diversity of the area you're hunting is key. Yeah. Because they might not even be in the hardwoods. They might be all out in the ag or mixed ag. And then I can just drive the 30 minutes different and yeah. just start hunting ag. Right. What do you think um, about, like, all the corn that we have around this year versus beans? Is that, like, in your eyes, is that a, a bad thing or a good thing? Or, I mean, how much weight do you put in? Like the crop rotation or like, you know, a lot of places that we went and scouted were primarily corn and it's like, do you just roll the dice and you go throw a sit in there and like, if you don't see anything, you move on or what? Yeah. Cause I got, there's always deer bedding. There's bucks bedding in corn in Iowa right now before I came down here. Yeah. I was glassing some giants really? that were coming out of the waterways in the corn. Yeah. So you might not even hunt a tree. I might just get in the waterway in the cornfield and get like two rows into the corn and yeah. hunt on the ground. Okay. Or I'll go back and see, are they, is there a woodlot in there that they're actually coming out of and coming up the waterway through the corn? Are they bedded in the actual corn? There could be an unplanted spot like I talk about. For the corn, I mean, like, you know, how much weight would you put in if you found a big buck track in the corn? Yeah, if he's there right now, I'm going to hunt there. Yeah. In September for open the day. Right. Because he's, if he's there now, he's going to be there then. Right. Well, I mean, like, let's say you find one on the edge of the cornfield. Are you try, Are you going to try to follow it and see where it goes? Or where I, it came from? Maybe? I'm going to look on the map. If it's a fresh one. I know yeah. I'm not just saying, like... How this close? Is a, let's say it's you're walking down the, the field of, uh, you know, a field edge, right? Yeah. I and mean, you see a big buck track. Went right before season or yeah. like right now? Right no, before. let's say like you're going to come and scout a few days before season, right? And we go and scout a spot and it's a cornfield and you see a mega, like a big buck track. I'm staying the hell out. Yeah. And I'm going to use my woodsmanship and e-scouting Yeah. to determine where I think he's coming out of. We'll break that down. Like what would, what <laughs> would be something that would stick out to you? So I'm going to look for any... Like a rise in the cornfield or something, maybe, or what? No, like I'm going to go back and follow it and see where he's coming out of the woods. Okay, so you're going to follow his tracks. Yeah, but I don't want to go back to where I think he's bedding. You get close. Yeah, I'm going to get close. I'm probably not leaving the field edge. Okay. If I follow him through and he's not actually bedded in a waterway or in the corn, and it leads me out to the buffer strip that goes into the woods, I'm probably not going past there. You would think he'd be in that little buffer strip? No, I think he's going to be back in the woods, but I don't want to put my scent or pressure in there. Okay. And I'm going to look at the map and see what's back there. And then you're like, all right, I bet you he's right there. Yeah, I think he's better right there. And I might not even have to go in there that early. I could just hunt that exit trail. Right. Right on the edge. And you can either stage your way in Mm -hmm. or you can just... Go for Just gold, go for man, it. and yeah. be like, I think he's bedded right here, and you're gonna, and I'm gonna get with one a hundred yards of him, yeah, and get up and just smoke him. In those kind of scenarios, would you hunt higher than normal, just to get like a visual, maybe? 
I know that's a that's a broad question because I mean it's super thick and you. If know. I'm going into the hundred yards, no, no, you because I don't want him to skylight me and see me up in the tree if he's bedded in there. Okay. If I'm out on the field edge, I might get higher. Yeah. So I can see back in there to see what's going on. Yeah, that's solid. But Sweet. I have confidence he's coming in or out. Right. Which the tracks will tell you if he's leaving the corn and going in or if the tracks are coming out. Yeah. And there might be, it could just be one set and then. Yeah. But if you're get if there's a couple sets in there, he's coming and going every day. Right. But it could be a different one. You got to look at the wind. Yeah. And it could be, all right, I think these tracks are two days old or one day old. Right. You can tell by like the deterioration of it when you touch it. There's certain things you can look for. Right. I mean, like we, I think we can, all know enough to tell yeah. if it's that fresh or. And then you can look at what was the wind doing when I think this track was made. Right. What, what app are you using to check that? Uh, I use Weather Underground a lot for like historical. Okay. If it's that like day, then uh, Onyx will show you. You can drop that pin like I showed you on there. Yeah, yeah. I honestly like I don't know why I overlooked that, but that's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, all the mature buck beds I find that I want to hunt, I turn that on on the pin. Yeah, and then I can look. At, I can just open it right up and look at the wind direction from the bed. Right, and if you get them on camera like a cell camera that day and you have that like up-to-date knowledge you're yeah. like okay he came through on the south wind and then if he comes through again on the south wind you're like all right well now i know like what direction he's bedded in. yeah exactly and then and if you already scouted that you might know what bed he's using exactly and even if you didn't you can just look back then you can look at the time right and estimate how far he traveled yeah in that time frame yeah what did if, you say you you mentioned something earlier like they travel what like per yeah well every buck's different hour. yeah but no, usually like a mature buck coming out of bedding is only traveling like 100 yards before dark right and then once it gets dark he'll pick up his space yeah depending on where he's going yeah i mean if it's primary food sources 200 yards away i mean he's just gonna meander around out there yeah but if he's long lining out man he'll cover ground yeah. quick like you said do you think a lot more bucks long line? Or I guess that's kind of a, a broad question. Yeah, it's just situational. Yeah. It depends on the buck's personality, too. Yeah. Some bucks want to be alone. Some right. bucks don't mind other bucks being around them. Some are bully bucks and some are shy. I mean, it all depends on the It day, is really. weird, isn't it? Like how, like, I mean, they're just like people, man. Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. Like, we saw one good buck, and he was completely by himself early. And yeah. then we've seen other ones that were just like a bachelor group of, like... Yeah decent ones and i've seen like a 200 inch buck have a bachelor group with him even right. into like october yeah and he didn't just he didn't even care goes against what a lot of people say about because i really felt big like deer. those two deer keep him safe they're like his dummy deer pretty much probably <laughs> his bodyguard right, you guys go first yeah you didn't get killed all right i might walk out yeah now. feel the waters out yeah there. and those are the those are hard to hunt man because he got Six pairs of eyes and three noses. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And they're all gapped out. Like, yeah. It's tough, man. I've had them light me up. Yeah. And ruin the hunt. <laughs> I remember being younger, man. Like, one of my first, like, uh, kind of cool, like, stories I had with this buck that I, I was pursuing. And I got on him the first day. I did a hanging hunt. And um, he came through and he bedded up against this big briar thicket. And then all these does, he was like with like four does. Yeah. And they did like a half moon around him, dude. Like all of them. And they were his little <laughs> lookouts. 
And I'm like, this is freaking insane. Yeah, that's great. And it's then, like a flight formation. Yeah, like they did. It was wild as shit. <laughs> and it was it was later in the year. It was probably like late November, maybe December. It yeah. wasn't a rut. And um, he was just hanging out with his girls, man. Hanging out with his bitches. Yeah, that's wild, and, dude. And dude, I remember, I was like, all right, he bedded there. And he was there for like a half hour. And I'm just burning to like go yeah. like do something to kill this deer because he's like 50 <laughs> yards out right and i'm they like move so slow too i'm like man. if i, I know it's ridiculous he, he ate me up that drives me crazy and man. he was a horse like this deer was a mega for like where i was at and uh i remember i tried to like i'm in a climber and i tried to like move my climber to the back side of the tree so maybe i could like just get down real slow yeah and maybe get like an angle where I could like thread the needle on him. And dude, those toes immediately were like, "You're busted." Oh they, yeah, man. They didn't bust me, but um, I was like, "All right, well, I'm not getting, getting away with that." Now. Yeah, I'm like, okay. And he gets kind of nervous. And when then get nervous. So like the next day, I went in there, and I think I moved like a little bit closer. I might have hunted the same tree, and I was kind of like, you know, young and dumb. Thinking maybe like today he'll move a little closer. He did the same thing. And the does did the same thing. And I was like, oh my God. And I had a shot at him at like 40 yards and I just didn't take it. Like it was, it was a real thick area. It was all like a cedar, cedar thicket kind of setup. But, uh, he taught me a lot, man. I mean, like as far as deer bedding goes and like actually physically being able to watch a deer bed in a, a location that he had the advantage of, it was just kind of cool and uh i just wasn't sure if you had ever seen anything like that yeah i've been blessed to find like a couple 200s and actually see them and like watch them and just what they do yeah it's just totally different how they move oh i I think all mature deer like when they hit that certain age like so they just move like ice they're just i just think differently yeah like everybody is like scouting for deer Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't care about deer. No, you're scouting. For <laughs> like a I'm buck. trying to think like a mature deer. What's a mature deer going to do? I don't care about that heavy trail that's beaten to death. Right. That 900 does are coming down. I don't even want to be by that. No. Because I don't want. You said you're does. like you see that little bitch trail right there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I want right there. Because the mature buck's not going to be on that heavy trail most of the time. They're no. going to have some side trail. Right. That skirts that. Yeah. Or they're going to go off on their own somewhere and go out and i don't want all those noses and eyes around me either when i'm trying to damn wait for the big buck to come through i mean you touched on it a few times like since we've been hanging out and it was like you know a lot of times those mature deer are by themselves like you don't see anything and then you see the deer you need to see yeah you'll hunt day weeks not see a single deer but the when you do yeah, it's going to yeah. be the one, uh, one you want to shoot. Most the, of the past time. couple of years, like, I've come to that. I, I think I used to really get down in the dumps, and that's just part of the way we hunt. Like, yeah. It's just a matter of fact, and you, the more people I've met, the more people have said the same exact thing. So, yeah. I think this year, my approach will be a lot different. I think I've matured more, and I've kind of realized, like, whatever, dude. The way you're hunting, you ain't always gonna see deer. Like, no. just get it out of your head. I think when you see deer, it just makes you feel good about yourself. It gives it you does. a little confident boost. Well, I mean, especially but after you're grinding. When you're too. driving around all day and all night, glass and scout and looking at all these fields, how many mature bucks do you actually see out with all the other deer? How many? What's the ratio hardly, of that? Hardly, hardly ever. ever. <laughs> yeah. So that tells me yeah. 
If you're doing that, you're just pissing in the wind, man. You're just, you're just wasting your time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you really. I mean, if you want to go pop some does and some one year, you know, like some spike bucks or whatever, it's really hard for a meat hunter to become a a big buck killer. Yeah, because you got to break that out of your mental you, game. You really do. I think it took me some time. Yeah, it's mentally taxing. I have been in that in those boots for a long time. My dad was a big meat hunter. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be. I like. A mindset of a grinder is just like totally different. It is. I mean, and I feel like every year since I've been in Kentucky, it's been a grind. Yeah. For the most part. Maybe the first year wasn't. The first yeah, I'm year not was really like, impressed. Yeah, well, sorry, man. I mean, it's, I live I, in yeah. Iowa, so it's, yeah. well, it's hard to judge. I mean, states. I'm trying. You know, I'm trying. There's some good deer here. Yeah. I think it just takes some time for a guy to figure it out. Like, it does. I think I'm learning. Two evenings just ain't going to cut it. No. And then we go back to what you're saying about scouting a couple days ahead. Don't dive into a place like these guys I met last year in Missouri. You know who you are. That dove into every single buck bed on all the damn public land around there before the season even opened. And then they were like, oh, I wonder why we're not seeing any deer. Oh, we jumped all these deer, but we're not seeing them anymore now since we're hunting them. Right. When the season opened. Yeah, because you went in there and blew them out and left your scent everywhere in there. So in a perfect world, what would you do? Yeah, I'm not going into the bedding like three days before deer season. Right. You're like, just going to... I don't even know that. if I want to walk out there and scan the field edge and walk around and leave my scent. Yeah. It's almost. You may as well just wait till you're hunting. Yeah, I would rather like observation, observation sit. sits, yeah. glass, stay afar. But if you got to get into a remote field, maybe find a pinch point where you can see back into it. Right. There's some. If it's really heavily pressured public area, like the deer get used to human scent on. They're not coming out to those fields until dark, anyways. Right. So you could hit that, I think. But if it's like a piece you found you don't think it's going to get pressure not a lot of people in there i'd probably just stay out just stay out or if you got like an e-bike that'd be a good place right in on the e-bike so you're not leaving any scent yeah and then maybe pop a camera in there on something you see like right. maybe there's a you pop a mock scrape up or open a natural scrape yeah and then put a camera on and get the hell out of there if it's like just rain and cats and dogs you can get in there and get in there with that and I won't really mess your scent up too much. But some people say, I don't know, this moisture can hold a lot of scent too. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, you know uh, Dieter, yeah. right? So, like, I really like what he said. I, I really want to get him on here. Um, I just hate pestering people. I feel like so many yeah. people, like, with the podcast is, uh, like, nowadays, it's just like, oh, you know, he was just on here. So I'm like, I don't want to bother this guy. Yeah. But... His approach to scent is like really eye opening. He is he's talked about I mean, he knows history of scent for dogs and how much better a deer's nose is than a dog's yeah, nose. Yeah, way better. It's insane. So like applying the knowledge that he's gained from training dogs like that to and applying it to deer is like dude, there's you literally just get it out of your mind like you ain't beating their noses. Yeah, like if I'm grilling a steak and I put thirty two different seasonings on it. A deer can tell me right. what the 32 seasonings were, <laughs> plus the steak, plus the sauce. Or we could be like Ben Rising and not eat onions for And my big stinking ass, he'll yeah. know. He'll know what I had. If yeah. I didn't brush my teeth last night, he can probably yeah, tell yeah. me. Oh, dude. <laughs> I think I think breath is probably one of the most deterring things. Like, as I a, think it puts a lot, ton of scent out there. Yeah. <clears throat> 
But I don't do anything for scent control but play wind and thermos. When I'm like, when I have a bunch of deer like tight to me, I try to like breathe out of my nose. Yeah, uh, dude, I close my eyes, man. Me too. I, I like I'll just look, look through, if a doe's look looking up at me for I'm some dumb like, reason because yeah. I'm an idiot and moved. Mm-hmm. I'll just tilt my head down, and just close my eyes because I think the whites of the eyes give you away like a predator. Oh, totally. No, I'm, that or my my old man when I was younger, he always told me he's like, don't ever look at a deer in the eyes. Yeah. Like to look at their ass if you're trying to see what they're doing. <laughs> He's like, but do not look at them. Yeah, it's eyes. like you're looking into their soul. It is, man. You're about they to know. Snatch it and they, they know. know. <laughs> they get that feeling. They're like, oh, the Grim Reaper's up there. Let me well, get you, the hell you out get of that here. feeling too because you're nervous and then you're like putting yeah. off energy and shit. Unless you're wearing a hex suit. Oh yeah, I don't what know you, about what that. What are your thoughts on that? I don't. No comment. No comment. Okay. No comment. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Hunting gimmicks. What's the what's holy? The, what crap. is the biggest hunting gimmick that you have noticed in the in like your man? Time there's there? a ton. They're really gonna have is. a bunch of hate. I don't care. Let's just get it out. It'll be good. Holy crap! Egg corn cruncher, dude. It's got to be like one of the all time highs. Yeah. Egg corn crunching little thingy. Yeah. You know what that is, right? No. Oh, they made a little call. And when you rub it together, it sounds like deer eating acorns. Oh my god, really? So you just sit in the tree and you rub this together. So do you feel the same way about the tree sh- tree thrasher? I mean, if they gave me like $20,000, I might use one. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I'm good, bro. Yeah, you're done. Okay. I'm done. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I would have to say, I think like... What, the hand coffer, or like the coughing thing. Oh, yeah. Or like the grunt tube that hooks up to a tube and then you just extend it down to the base of the tree so you can grunt on the ground. You had the coffer? I had a coffer. Did it actually it was, work? It was my dad's. He was like, oh, you need one of these if you're sick and you go. And I guess it worked, but like, dude, you just... <laughs> it, for one, you feel like an idiot coughing into this like... Silence What looks tube. like a freaking vaporizer nowadays but uh i'm like i don't know how this is helping out dad i'm like coughing and it's just coming out of my nose pretty much it's like (laughs) you know i don't know whatever there's a lot of gimmicks out there that it's just to catch the hunter man it is man. it's not gonna help you in the woods you don't need any of that crap man camo dust Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Let me beat the hell out of myself with this sock. <laughs> oh god. Full of I mean some of the stuff. Some kind like of dust, people, I don't know. People have made this stuff just to laugh inside, I swear. Yeah. No I hate. Know. I just don't see the need for a lot of no, that no. stuff. No, no. This isn't a bashing session. This is just kind it of just a, cracks me up. a funny little I just wanted to see what you dust yourself would say. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's man. like drinking Diet Mountain Dew and going pissing in my mock scrapes. Does that really work? No, probably not. Until it does. It could be my essence. I yeah. don't know. I don't know, man. You know? My booner sauce. We all love our own brand. Yeah. Yeah. Something about it. I will say this. Once you, I feel like when you get in the mode, you get like, I call it deer hunting mojo. When you, like this year, it might happen for you because you're hunting a lot of states. Yeah. When you knock down one... I feel like yeah, you're in the zone. I feel bro. like they like come to you. It's like because I've had a couple of years where I've knocked down like three bucks, and I, I don't know, man. It's I, just it once you knock down that one, it's just I think like, it takes the heat off. You don't you, even man. care. You just start throwing sits. Yeah, you only like, killed one. Whatever. Yeah, All I'm the pressure's off. 
And you get more confident. You're like, yeah, that I mojo. know what I'm doing, man. Get that, you get that deer hunting mojo. Yeah, and you just put the gas pedal. You just floor yeah. it, man. Yeah. It no brakes, all gas. Right. That's It, it was funny, man. And I think you take more risk, man. You do, because you Cause don't you care. Because you killed one. You just don't give a damn. Right. Which I think you should hunt like that right out of that gate. I agree with you. Like, like oh, I blew that deer out. I'm going to find another one, man. Yeah, exactly. Get after it. I mean, Obviously, you're not doing enough. You're not gonna kill him dicking enough. around, messing with him when you're just toying with him, dude. Yeah. He's got you, bro. You need to be first sit kill. Yeah, first sit no. kill. Yeah, you know, observe, scout, kill, yeah. like all in a session. Boom, boom, boom. Don't hunt the same spot five or six times. No, get the hell out. Yeah, if it's if not it didn't happen the first time. It's not gonna maybe you leave your crap in the tree, come back in the morning like Andre does. Yeah, I do you that. You can a catch lot. them coming back in sometimes. Yeah, I do that a lot, especially during the rut. I think that's my main, like that's how I've been successful for a while. Dude, that's even got me early, man. Early season October. Yeah, when I'm like a, I should have hunted that morning, and then you'll just leave oh your man, stuff. I was there. Could have left my stuff in the tree. Yeah, boom, he came right through, and I'm like, oh man, brutal. That sucks. Yeah, brutal. And my gut was like, hey man, you should come back in the morning. Yeah. If I'm out of state, dude, I usually do hunt more mornings, though. Do you? Well, I'm why on, wouldn't you? I'm on limited time. I'm just hunting. Right. Yeah, because when I'm at home in Iowa, I can afford to lay off Yeah. and kind of look and catch them coming out. Because I think it's more predictable in the evening. The longer you go and you're in a state, the more you're going to push harder to yeah, get done. Yeah, I'm just going to try to hunt. Like, when what am I going to do all day here? I mean, I can go scout midday. I usually do that. I'll hunt in the morning, go scout, and then hunt right. in the evening. But I might start off the first couple of days with a hunt scouting first. Are you scouting with all your stuff on your back and your bow or not? Yeah, because I don't want to come back out right. if I find something juicy. Yeah, I like it. Some Sweet. guys don't do that, but i just rather go. Well, that's a nice thing about saddle hunting to me. It's like it's it's super light we don't have much stuff. Yeah. It's not a big... The I'm saddles, sure, man. I'm sure some of the guys on here that are stand hunters might be like, yeah, kiss my ass. I can do that <laughs> Probably. <laughs> right now, right now, I was like, saddles. <laughs> We're going to uh, continue this debate in Iowa with Cody DeQuisto. Uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. You all stay tuned. It's going to be like two against one tag team style. <laughs> <laughs> Get some revenge for Nashville being pounded up in a tree. It'll be interesting. No doubt. Well, dude, I appreciate you uh, doing this. Yeah, man, it's awesome, bro. Yeah, had some fun. In studio, bro. It's a In blast. studio. Yeah, it's been fun, man. Wish Logan could have joined us. Uh, it's kind of late and, and uh, you know. He wasn't on my last podcast either. Oh, he wasn't? No. Oh, shoot, man. Well, we'll do one in Iowa. He'll be there. Yeah, that'd be dope. Yeah. Yeah, we'll catch up. We're we'll gonna do something. We're gonna. I want to do a bunch of stuff like that with a bunch of guys. Just get like a little. Yeah, the roundtable thing's dope, man. Yeah. I did one with Hunt Butter. It was sweet. Yeah, I think that'll be the way to go. And we kind of did that at the the other show. I was at. It was cool just to get because everybody has different experience levels, ideas. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool. You can learn a lot quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a ton of great hunters that are going to be there too. Oh so. yeah, sure. It's going to be filled with killers. Absolutely dope, man. I can't wait. Hell yeah, dude. Well, until then. We'll catch up next time. Appreciate you all tuning in today, and I hope you all enjoyed this one. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. We can't thank you all enough. You know, if you didn't know, this is actually our first uh, full year down now. We have been doing this podcast for a full season, and um, 
I'm super proud of where we've come and how much we've grown in a year. And can't give uh, any more thanks to you guys for checking this out and listening and sharing. Really, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, me and Logan both, we can't thank you enough. Um, we got to thank our sponsors, Lone Wolf Custom Gear and Timberwolf Supply Company. If you guys didn't know, there's going to be one more road show that's going to kick off in Iowa at the Lone Wolf Custom Gear headquarters. I hope you guys can make it if you're in the Midwest. It is without a doubt one of my favorite locations that I've been to for the road shows. Just a super cool vibe. Tons of great hunters there. Everybody's in a great mood getting ready to kick off the season. But uh, without further ado, I think we're going to get into our or what we do with all of our podcasts and close out with a quote that I really enjoy. This one's from Andy Frisilla. Andy says, you can look forward or you can look backwards, but you can't look the same way at the same time. Hope that hits you all great this weekend. Hope you are getting after it. Hope you are getting some of these target bucks lined up and uh, enjoying your scouting time out there. But uh, just want to give you all a huge thank you and Hope you all tune in next week with us.